Welcome to this episode of Kidney Research Conversations, a podcast about transforming care for Canadians with chronic kidney disease through patient-oriented research. Brought to you by the CanSolve CKD Network. This podcast series asks patients, researchers, healthcare providers, and policymakers to share their experiences with chronic kidney disease and patient-oriented research. I'm your host, Linnea Franson. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me. This is really great. It's so wonderful to have you with us here today, and we're very excited to learn more about your patient's story um, and also your experience as a patient partner in kidney research. So maybe we can begin by learning a bit about your experience with kidney disease and um, why you decided to become a patient partner in kidney research. Okay. Well, I've been a patient for 32 years. I have done peritoneal dialysis. I've done transplant, unfortunately, which all failed. Um, I've done in-center and home hemodialysis. And the journey was certainly, um, a venture might not be quite the right term, but I guess it could be that. Um, I think the key for me is that my occupational therapy background gave me some basics and uh, skills that would help, things like energy management, uh, following my diet and sticking to my fluids. Um, I was able to work full-time through most of it, and I kept an active social life, and I think all of that Mm -hmm. was really key into having a good quality of life and uh, living well with kidney disease. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about um, your experience with PACER, the patient and community engagement researcher. Absolutely. Um, PACER is a program that I was introduced to a couple years ago. It is a qualitative peer-to-peer or family-patient connection. We're bringing the patient and family voice and experience with the plan of making change. So when we're doing our research, the, the goal is to create change when we're done. It's a really great opportunity to hear where patients have been, what they've experienced, how they've coped, um, it, it's been one of the most enlightening experiences that I've had, and I'm really grateful to be a part of it. The key behind this, of course, is making the patient and family first. Mm-hmm. That we want to help the healthcare system understand that it's our experience that not only can we improve the treatment we receive, but we can also improve the outcomes and make the overall benefit much better. And bringing the patient first is key to making that happen. Right. And how did you first get involved in something like that? Well, I was really lucky that I was uh, recruited by the Kidney Health Strategic Clinical Network through Alberta Health Services. Um, I sat on their core committee, which is kind of like the board. Mm -hmm. They offered me an opportunity to participate and become a PACER graduate. So getting into it through the Kidney Health SCN, was um, they did offer me the opportunity Uh, When I decided to take it, I met some amazing people and learned some wonderful skills that I've actually been able to take into my patient partnering and even into the way I hear and listen to people since I've taken the program. Mm -hmm. And are you a patient partner? I understand you're a patient partner on a number of research projects. Um, Was that through PACER? Um, 
actually it started with me as a member of kidney health and then the pacer just supported that um, and gave me more skills to bring as a patient partner Mm -hmm. uh, it has been a really amazing experience that I'm working collaboratively with researchers where they're asking for my input and my perspective, as well as being a part of um, recruiting patients to join us so that we're working, um, we're co-designing the research that we're using their information and their support uh, to make it a rounded research so it's not just about science it's about the people and the people that are experiencing the benefits of that science. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you can talk about what it's like to be a patient partner on those research teams as someone that has that lived experience um, how do you feel about kind of bringing that experience to a research team what how has that experience worked for you once i had a chance to learn where i fit into the team um i became much more comfortable in uh, asking questions because we're, we're really working on a collaboration here that brings both quantitative research which is the scientific side and numbers and qualitative research which is about people and their experience so our researchers now are looking at um, their questions and what they want to learn in a much bigger picture, mm -hmm. recognizing it's the patients they're going to benefit hopefully from that and or live that experience from what they learn. And what I've really found is that it's very much a level playing field in the sense that um, although there's certainly differences in skills and knowledge and experience, that we all bring an equal voice to the table. Um, and I think the key is, is that because we're, I'm a part of this, um, my voice, it's always mattered, but it has a, a bigger voice than I did before. And I'm also bringing, it's not just my experience that I'm bringing the experience of the other people that I've worked with, even in other projects. Um, and I think that's equally valuable that it's become much more rounded than it was before. Yeah. I think that that concept, that patient partner concept, that's something that um, the CanSolve network, we're really trying to promote that culture change. Um, so that's really promising and, and so exciting. And I can also tell you that it is becoming more and more common, at least by the number of requests I'm getting, and I'm only one person, that I'm sitting on several projects all at the same time and more in the rings. And it's because they really want to have those patient partners as a part of it, that initially it was a bit of a checkbox. Right. Now that they understand the value, they're really looking for those people to be a part of it because they feel it really does improve the quality of all research, not just the science side and not just the qualitative side. It's uh, that, that, that true teamwork that makes the real thing come to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've we've actually heard from a number of our researchers as well that after going through, um, after involving patients on their teams, they really look to the future to continue to do that because it's something that once you experience and see the value in, you want to continue to do because it really does elevate the research. It really does um, enhance the outcome. And the impact, I think. That's awesome to hear. That's very exciting, in fact. That sounds like there's going to be more work in the future for me. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, me too. Um, so what does patient-oriented research mean to you? 
it means it's an exciting new world where we're no longer the only the recipient. We are now a participant, meaning that um, they're mu looking much more closely to where we have been and where we want to go. And I think that's opening a lot of eyes. I think there's a lot of people that um, both physicians and medical staff, et cetera, that they've done their job for a long time and they, they think they know what the person, the patient's experiencing only to find out it's often quite different. So it's been a real eye opener for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. More than that, it does bring back that collaboration. It brings back that enhancement that it really um, does create much more of a, a perspective of healing and recovery versus um, you're sick, I'll fix you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because it's certainly much more than getting better, that people are more complex than being sick and getting well. Right. And as they begin to see that, I think they're recognizing that uh, the way healthcare services are provided and the method in which they do it needs to change. It needs to respect the patient voice and experience but more than that, we know that it can, and it is changing one step at a time. Wow. Really good thoughts. <laughs> that was really well done. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about uh, how we can continue to raise the profile of patient-oriented kidney research um, and what impact you're hoping to have as a patient partner. Well, this is a, a real topic that's near and dear to my heart because we know even in the pace of research that I've done, that finding to part people to participate is really difficult. And I think there's lots of reasons for that. Um, I think the one, as pointed out, is raising the awareness, making people know that they have an opportunity to be involved in a way that suits them. And I think that's often misunderstood that focus groups are commonly what we love to do because it does create great data and great information. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's comfortable in that setting though. And offering uh, interviews is another option. And also potentially being able to talk to family mother members or other people in contact with them. And the reason I say that is that um, I sort of see that there's two groups of people that are potentially being missed. And that includes uh, people I call the quiet voice those that certainly have experience and have something very important to say, but aren't comfortable doing it, it doesn't work for them for whatever reason that we don't hear that voice. Mm -hmm. The other one we actually miss as well is what I call the loud voice. And they're the people that tend to be extremely outspoken, potentially actually loud in volume, but are perhaps not as amenable to potentially the focus group or that they get um, missed because they are loud and people tend to zone out. Mm -hmm. So these are two voices that I'm really hoping to bring either through representation, certainly by interview if they're willing. Um, and that's something that I'm hoping that we're going to be able to facilitate in a better way to make sure that they're covered. Um, and, and I think that awareness, when people know there's more than one way to do it, maybe we will get more people involved. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the key that I, I want to see as a patient partner is, is to be seen as someone that the patients can come to and say, well, I've got this concern or I wonder about or I hear there's research, uh, somehow creating a network that uh, will help people get their voice heard. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, really sort of creating that community and those human connections, I think, are really important. Um, I think we've noticed that a lot in our own network as well. Uh, It goes so far beyond the research. It's really about making those human connections. And Mm. I've, I've found that a lot of our patient partners feel very supported in this type of environment and just being around people that have similar stories um, just enriches their lives and their experiences so much. And I think not feeling alone is a big part of that. Um, Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I think you raise a good point there. And I think that that's uh, one of the things your comment about community and building and indeed that personal connection. Cause I know as a researcher, even though I've heard many stories, and even though I've only been a graduate for just over a year, that they are very profound, they're enlightening, they're enriching, and knowing that we get that from each other, potentially by creating that awareness that, although we're using the term research, it is bigger than that. Seeing connections, even in focus groups where people don't know each other at all, and yet you see them chatting at the end and switching numbers and really important things like that, and indeed recognizing that they're not alone and that there are numerous people that they can reach out to Mm -hmm. um, that they didn't know before. Um, And I I do kind of, I've been a patient for 32 years, waiting in waiting rooms where I did connect with a lot of people. Whereas now so many things are, they never see another patient. There is no waiting room. And so they never know who else is out there. And with all the privacy and FOIP and all that, um, there's no opportunity offered in order to connect them to somebody else. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important and something that needs to continue, but will also hopefully create that culture change in the care, like we were talking about earlier, where it's very disease focused and focus is on you know, getting better, not necessarily on your lifestyle and your wellness yes. throughout the process, right? Well, and that's something that I'm, I, I bring to this as well as, as a long-term dialysis patient that, and not just dialysis patients, in fact, but truly creating that community where it's okay to have a bad day and being acknowledged, including staff, mm-hmm. and making that that wellness community where people do feel supported, where they feel welcomed and where they know that they can get more information or a different connection or whatever they need at that time uh, versus just very isolating. Even when you're an inpatient or an in-center patient that you can't talk to each other if there's no waiting and often there isn't um, that they don't know where to turn because they don't know anybody. Yeah. I think that's also a big aspect is, um, finding those resources in the first place, (laughs) like like figuring out where to go and where those people are because there is so many great kind of networking and educational opportunities out there for patients, but it's really about giving patients that information and ability to get involved. And you're such a great example of someone who has gone through that process and is kind of now more of an ambassador. Thank you. Yeah. And that's, that's actually a, um, a position I really appreciate uh, because it does give me that opportunity. And I have met so many amazing people, patients and family and caregivers that, that want to talk and need to be heard and, and just need to connect. So it's a great opportunity and I'm very grateful that I've had it. 
I think actually the one other thing that comes in, there was a, a mention about prevention mm-hmm. and and I really am excited to hear that. And I'm actually sitting on a research study reflecting on that on a different side, but prevention nevertheless. Um, it's a sad note that kidney disease is virtually unheard of in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, they, some people know about dialysis, but it's really sort of dismissed. It's like cleaning your teeth. And, and, it, and of course, it's not like that. People that live on dialysis will tell you that in some cases, it's an extremely difficult form of treatment. So by making our community, our world more aware of what kidney disease is, that we can actually start making those preventative measures real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that the Kidney Foundation has a new um, uh, ad out about wellness and prevention, and I'm thrilled to see it. That's that's so exciting. That's such a big step um, because it is the ordinary person who, until they get it, they know nothing about it, and there is no active preventive, preventive measures out there, or they're just starting to come out. And I'm so excited to see us looking at kidney disease as a really big picture, including prevention. So I'm excited to see that and congrats on bringing that forward. That's just amazing. Yeah, that the new campaign um, by the Kidney Foundation is really, as you described, is really focusing on understanding the importance of what your kidneys do. I think that just developing that baseline of understanding is going to be the catalyst for people realizing how big of a problem kidney disease can be. Right. Yeah. I and thank you. The word campaign is much better than ad. Um, yes. I'm. I'm just really excited. I give Kidney Foundation huge kudos for coming this far, knowing where I came from with them, and knowing where they are now. This is just fantastic. Uh, just making the world, making them check in because cardiology and cancer there's lots of diseases out there that are that many people know and this is the one that is so important and they don't know anything about it so this is just fantastic yeah exactly and that's exactly the theme for world kidney day this year is prevention to early detection and i think that it's so timely for them to release that campaign and start that conversation so to see this to me, and I recognize it takes a long time. I'm, I'm just so glad that it's, and this is just the beginning. I suspect that there's more to come. It'll be exciting to see what the impact going forward is. Absolutely. I'll be keeping an ear out for that. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I know that we really appreciate your time and your expertise and uh, most importantly for sharing your story because it's very powerful. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an awesome experience. I look forward to to uh, being out there some more. <laughs>